Good day, everyone out there in podcast land, and welcome to another episode of The Experience with Michael Aaron Gasseris. Thanks for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed the programming thus far. So today finds me in Washington, D.C. Uh, I've been here for the past two days. Um, I was unable to get to podcasting because there was just too much going on, too much time crunch, and um, just way too tired. Um, I was in attendance at the Million MAGA March that took place on the Capitol grounds the past two days. As most of you probably are aware of what happened and occurred out there at the Million MAGA March. Um, Interestingly enough, no one even knew it was going on until, uh, I don't know, about 6 p.m. Eastern time when all the shit started to hit the fan. Um, Now I say that because um, I had several friends of mine who are not really connected to um, accurate and forthcoming news, real news is what I would say when it comes to politics and the goings-on of certain or particular representatives, legislators, presidents, and uh, that was definitely the case yesterday. So yesterday I was out um, on the Capitol grounds uh, pretty much from about 7 in the morning until about 5 or 6 p.m. at night. They had issued a curfew at 6 p.m., so... I had started heading back to my hotel by that time because, um, for one, I didn't want to have to deal with the Capitol DC police, and for two, um, I didn't want to endanger myself as uh, it was getting dark rather quickly (laughs) in the Eastern time zone over here, because you know I am Central time zone typically. And also... Um, I was traveling by myself, and that can be dangerous when uh, you are garbed in President Trump apparel and uh, or even, you know, in American patriotic apparel, American flags and stuff like that. So I had all the above. So traveling solo was not a good idea for me in the D.C. area because uh, violence has been enacted on individuals of that type by... um, just people who disagree generally speaking which you know i really do believe is wrong like i'm pretty sure any of y'all would agree that that's wrong like you can't attack someone for their political beliefs um i mean you can't attack someone for their hate speech um that's part of why we have the first amendment is our ability to say and express ourselves in ways as long as they are not inciting violence and they are not uh you know, uh, calling for death or murder or killing or, you know, threats of such nature. That's, that's a different thing. Um, that, that's, uh, that's not the same thing as freedom of speech, uh, your ability to threaten people. <laughs> that's not what is included in that package. But um, your ability to be a hateful racist or your ability to be someone who's bigoted or chauvinistic or uh, any of those types of things, well, unfortunately, you do have the freedom to express your opinion and your belief um, and, you know, basically, depending on where you are, your surroundings and who you are with, that, that would, uh, that would determine uh, the outcome of your... I don't know, your activities, your comfort level, your 
surroundings because uh, it's ultimately of my opinion if you wanted to have say for example a town of racist people and this could be a town of any kind of ethnicity it could be racist black people they could be racist white people they could be racist asian people um eventually i, I would think that uh, the negative feeling that they exhibit the expressions of negativity and hate uh, that they exhibit um, would be shunned and they would probably, you know, bankrupt themselves, lack of business, people would move out of town. No one would want that or, you know, they'd be severely isolated and self-alienating because the people of the world, American, Caucasian, black, otherwise, they they are generally not racist. Um, that's a learned behavior for a learned outcome. So um, that's why I say these things. But um it is these days these days where we have to have safe zones and we have to have uh we have to watch what words we say and we have to make sure we don't hurt anyone's feelings it is in these days that we find that if you are someone who is of an opposite or opposing political viewpoint as uh, certain individuals that um it is okay to attack them it is okay to hit them it is okay to assault them this is certainly something that I don't agree with, but because I fall into that category of individuals who, you know, is a Trump supporter or does see things from a more conservative or libertarian perspective, um, that most definitely um, I am uh, kind of painted with a target on my back. So that's not to say I'm a victim. I don't accept victim mentality whatsoever. But at the same time, I do have to make sure I'm smart enough to protect myself and be safe. So um, I left the Capitol grounds just before six. And uh, it was it was quite an interesting and long and tiring day. I have to say right now, sitting in the DC airport that I am most definitely drained. Um, I thought that it would have been yeah, more of a physical tiredness because I swear I was uh, I was cold and I'd been on my feet all day long. I'd been walking and moving through the crowds. I was getting pain in my pelvic joints that I hadn't felt before. I was like, whew, I, mean, I haven't even had carnal marathons that made me feel like this before. So um, I was definitely feeling things that I hadn't felt in certain areas in prior years. And, um, oh, I have, I'm so out of shape right now. Like, it's not even funny. Like, I'm so out of shape right now. It's funny because for a minute, I think I had lost more weight than I'd ever lost in my, my life. Like, I was back down to, like, high school or middle school weight. I was back down to my 11-year-old 150 pounds. <laughs> but I was still in the worst shape of my life. Uh, get winded going up a couple flights of stairs. You know, lack of performance in the bedroom. I just kind of want to lay there, <laughs> which is terrible. I never wanted to be that kind of person. But um, yeah, you know, because of all of that... Um, I think I think I was expecting today to feel my body um, aching and in you know different different types of pains that you know you know whenever you work out and you suddenly start using muscles that you're not used to using and they have to get used to being broken and you know rebuilding stronger and stuff like that so that's kind of where I was thinking but you know as I'm sitting here and and it's very very pleasant day today it's a beautiful day actually it's very beautiful we have the sun in a cloudless sky the temperature's amazing 
but um, I'm drained. I am totally drained. And I don't know if that's because of the events that happened yesterday or if it's because things didn't pan out the way that I was hoping they would or if it's just because of the sheer amount of people that I was surrounded by yesterday and all of that energy or or maybe it's just capital dc area i mean this is like the district of you know vampires basically like you have a bunch of legislators who are using the american people to you know gain their own wealth and prosperity and they're doing much more than that um you know I've made allusions um, to several uh, types of crimes that have been transpiring and uh, several types of theories that some can call conspiratorial, but fact of the matter is like these people are involved in some pretty wretched things like aside from fraud, aside from theft, you know, aside from treason. Um, you know, these people are also involved in, you know, human trafficking, drug trafficking. And I think the worst would probably be the child sex trafficking. And this is something that became apparent to millions of people in America and definitely around the world um, early on in the spring slash summer of 2020. And it had become a hot topic. It had become a topic that people were, uh, you know, they were getting together and they were rallying against because all of a sudden people were like, well, where are all the missing children? Like, we have 800,000 missing children in the United States. We have children being kidnapped, you know, per the, the minute in our country. And most of them are never returned. Most of them are never found. So a lot of people wondering, why is it that we're making a huge deal out of a virus that, you know, you can recover from in 99.9% if you're, you know, healthy and you don't have pre-existing conditions? Why are we making a big deal about this vaccine when, in fact, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of children that literally go missing? And this is the true pandemic that we're facing. So, you know, that was a big question that was raised. But then, of course, especially if you trust news reporting or I should say propaganda reporting on television by any major network, I'm talking Fox, I'm talking CNN, I'm talking MSNBC, I'm talking usually even down to your local news now, your local news now, they will report eh, some local stories, true, but anything else outside of that bubble of town or city um, they're basically getting their talking notes uh, funneled into them through the AP or through some sort of source as that matter, you know, where they will, um, they will, they will tell them what they should say, you know, they will give them the cadence and the stat, they'll give them the cadence and the diction, the, the words to use. And basically the teleprompt readers, the news actors will just follow suit and report as they're told to report. So when that happened in regards to this um, child sex trafficking movement because it blew up like we had people uh, storming buildings in California, storming the CNN building. Uh, we had them storming the legislative offices demanding, you know, that this issue be looked into. And well, the news reported that uh, this whole conspiracy of child sex trafficking, which does not happen according to them, which just, it's not something that humans are, are capable of doing. Well, 
they reported that that was conspiracy theory and that the conspiracy theory was started by a movement of individuals who followed something or someone called Q. So some of y'all have probably heard of the Q movement. And uh, the Q movement, well, that was a movement of like-minded individuals from all walks of life, from all ethnicities, from all political parties, and all races that got turned on to this idea that, you know, child sex trafficking does happen, and it is mainly funded, operated, and... Um, uh, patroned by people who have the wealth to do these kinds of things. So by wealth, I'm not just talking about politicians. I'm talking about politicians, legislators, entertainers, celebrities, uh, you know, uh, tycoons of business tycoons, business barons, bankers, elitists, uh, CEOs of major companies, um, billionaires, millionaires, people who can afford this. And then you know the the theory goes even deeper than that um <coughs> in other words are they just child sex trafficking for the sake of their own pleasure are they doing it for the sake of profit what is it that these people are doing this for well the theory then funnels into um many of these individuals are tied to uh i, I always say pagan but um really it's it's more uh it's it's more refined than that it's like a satanic um demonic uh ritualistic type of um <clears throat> behavior uh with these children so you know they might be ritualistically sacrificing them they might be using them for initiations they might be using them for blackmail uh to blackmail certain people um you know, like I've heard that they hurt, they hope they'll hold people at gunpoint and uh, force them to rape and then murder a child while they're filming them. So this way they can blackmail them at some point in the future. Sounds terrible, but this is what they do. Um, this is why the world is, is kind of flowing the way it is because these types of activities and these types of people have been in existence for, you know, in, in the political realm, in the realm of America and entertainment, probably for decades. But in the real sense of the word, in the real sense of the idea, they've been in existence for, you know, beyond decades, hundreds of years, probably. Um, I don't know. That I, could, I couldn't say that they would hold someone at gunpoint and film them, film them back in, you know, 1909 or 1820. But certainly something of that idea or the practice was there. I don't think that it would have been as bad as raping and murdering a child on camera at gunpoint back then. But, you know, back then they could have had you if you were homosexual or they could have blackmailed you if you were, you know, um, if you were a, a dandy <laughs> or if you were uh, someone who slept around or if you had children <coughs> outside of marriage and or if you had an affair like they could uh, they could blackmail with that. So. As we became more amoral in our society, um, they had to go to deeper levels of immorality to uh, to blackmail these individuals, and they had to go far deeper into their um, their devious behavior in order to hold something over another individual. So it's it's really quite a sad and terrible situation. <coughs> I wouldn't say without hope. Because, I mean, under President Trump, President 45, um, 
he he's the only president uh, in American history that made so many moves as far as law enforcement goes and as far as enforcement goes and in, in general physical literal enforcement to protect and try and uh, stop these people from doing these things like for example um, a lot of people think that you know the construction of the wall along the southern border of the United States was basically to keep you know uh individuals from crossing illegally into the united states of america where in fact um this was more to stop from invasion and also to hinder the the sex trafficking and the human trafficking as well as the drug trafficking that's been taking place on the southern border for decades and decades in america and through mexico so, um, you know, with the construction of the wall, like somewhere between 80 and 90 percent, if not higher, human trafficking rates have plummeted between 80 and 90 percent fewer human trafficking cases because of the construction of the wall on the southern border of the United States of America. Now, that's saying something because this is black market money. This is this is dark money, black money. This is money that uh, people are using for crimes and and they're literally enslaving people and children in order to do this so that's a big deal you know that's a big deal and uh he also uh you know initiated three executive orders that basically targeted and attacked people who were involved in human trafficking people who are involved in this activity and stuff like that so um i think that's very important to note that uh not not any other presidents had done such a thing and then on top of that um uh the sheer amount of support <clears throat> financially and and also um, uh, morally that uh, President Trump gave to individuals in regards to um, a, a enforcement and safety of these issues was something that was big. Um, that he did that and, and not many people have done that. Like you see reporting on um, you see reporting on, uh, you know, uh, apprehending uh, child molesters, apprehending human traffickers. You see reporting on um, uh, children who've been found, sex rings that have been busted up and stuff like that. And that's generally something that you didn't see in the past. So the reason why I went into, you know, that whole, you know, black area of child sex trafficking and the vampires of dc is basically that because um trying to figure out if that's the reason why i feel so drained now yeah as an empath um you know it's like my brother always used to say that he just did not want to be in large crowds because you know it would um drain him being around people like that and he uh couldn't couldn't handle all the energy whether it was coming at him or you know being taken from him um so i guess i could kind of understand that now i was in a crowd of probably one or two million people and there were so many people at the rally in washington dc yesterday um it was it was an amazing thing to be in but uh, I'm pretty sure that's why my energy is drained. Uh, so much emotion, um, aside from, you know, the 
the the cheer and the welcoming feeling being amongst patriots who are all there for the love of their country and who are all there for the support of their president um who at this time is currently still the president of the united states regardless of uh of how they're trying to paint him in the media um just being around that many people is probably you know what was most draining to me and then you know just being in this district of criminals and communists um i think just the energy of the area in general uh is probably why i feel so drained right now and i don't know we'll see how i am and how i'm feeling on my connecting flight you know i might i might feel a little bit more up up together and uplifted you know once i'm outside of washington dc um but we'll see how it goes um my first night in dc um i did a uh, meditation um in my hotel room it was uh, one of my more uh, i think one of the more powerful recipes that i use during meditation it's uh um generally doing uh because i don't do I'm not yet at the levels of doing like, uh, you know, solo meditations where I can by myself quiet my mind and just kind of like focus on the breathing and the OM. Um, I'm not that kind of meditator at the moment. So I do do usually do guided type meditations now, not kind of meditations like uh, some people do meditations in their sleep. (laughs) And um, I get I get the uh, it's like people who do affirmations. (laughs) people who do affirmations while they're sleeping like it reminds me of that one movie uh i think where they're doing jury duty and and the guy has his affirmations on in the connecting room and it's like i am focused on my goals i am amazing i am strong i have courage and it's like I get that. I think uh, I think whatever works for you and whatever helps you get there, I think that's all good. But <laughs> I just um, I haven't been one to do uh, sleep meditations because I, I I mean I would for I would for one have to listen to the entire meditation in my waking hours and some of these can be three hour meditations some of these can be six hour meditations some of them can be the duration of your nap you know and you know once you're once you're in in REM sleep I really feel like I have not been in REM sleep in a long time like I mean I know like psychologically and physically you need to be in REM sleep in order for certain functions of your mind and your body to continue to function Um, but I really don't think I've had much REM sleep in probably about at least a year you know like it's um it's like you know that point where you can get to those dreams you know and uh I don't dream too often. Uh, It used to be that I did not dream at all when I was like a heavy pot smoker. Like I used to smoke marijuana like every day. And whenever I smoke weed, like I do not dream. Like it just does not happen. So I always know that, you know, once it's out of my system, once it's cleaning out, like once I start having dreams again, like that means, yeah, I'm pretty much good to go on that front. But yeah, I don't dream too often either. Um, But yeah, so... Um, the sleep meditations, I, I totally get though, because, uh, you know, they say when you're conscious, you're aware and you're awake or you're in your waking state that, um, too many, uh, background, uh, 
con- uh, mental, you know, subliminal things block you. Um, you know, your your mind, your your conscience uh, it keeps consciousness keeps uh, keeps you from actually reaching that deep point of meditation, and so it kind of like it kind of sidetracks you, kind of derails you from what you really want to get into. <laughs> And I think that's more prevalent for those who are trying to use manifestation uh, meditation, like they meditate to manifest things, which I get that also. But um, I would have to ensure that if I were to do any type of sleep meditation, that I listen to the entire meditation. This way, I know that when I am hour five of deep sleep, it's not like putting weird subliminal kind of like uh, negative things or I don't know, like all of a sudden it's like... subliminally uh, teaching you how to be a serial killer in your sleep and you don't even realize what it's doing or it's throwing negative what are negative affirmations that's like an oxymoron Uh, defamations it's it's causing self-defamations to be put into your psyche and your spirit so i would want to make sure i was cognizant of everything that is in that meditation before i went ahead and trusted to go to sleep with it on a subliminal level um but in the meantime you know um yeah, I just do generally like the guided type um, where I can uh, still focus, still kind of um, follow along, but also use visualization and that type of thing to do it. So that's usually the route I go. So my first night in D.C. Uh, in my hotel room, I did a very powerful recipe of a meditation um, that I think... Um, I hadn't been too active in that aspect of my spirituality um, for a couple of years. You know, I used to be very regular about it. And then probably almost on a year ago, I started getting back into practicing those types of things and um, bringing myself back to that that point of existence where I had been quite comfortable and, and felt quite empowered by those types of activities. And I feel like it came back rather quickly. I don't know if that's because I'm used to it and I'm, uh, I'm practiced or if it's because, um, you know, uh, we're living at a point in time where the energies, you know, I would say universal, um, uh, are allowing us to access those, uh, means at a much quicker and, uh, elevated pace. But, um, I did one and generally speaking, like, uh, because I do believe in, you know, the energy centers of the human body. Um, I do believe in, uh, what they call the chakras, um, um, I, I do, uh, do, uh, attunement or, um, a cleansing of those centers before I get into the nitty gritty of the meditation and the ones that I was performing, um, basically had to do with, um, manifestations, uh, bringing in light into the body, um, at a cellular level, molecular level, realigning your spirit and your core energy or source energy with the source of the universe and the flow of it. And then, um, a manifestation for shared peace and, um, holding that door open for those who wanted it and empowering those who wanted to receive it to emanate that. So it's, it was more of like of a transmission type. And that's kind of the work that I do in general. So I, I do feel like my time here in DC did serve a purpose, um, because I think things could have gone way, way left of center uh, yesterday um, at the Magamillion March rally. And 
just to get into that a little bit because it's starting to get a little busy here in the airport. So, A, I'm going to be forced to put my mask over my mouth and muzzle myself so I can't speak with you. And then B, it's just going to get too loud and busy in here to carry on with uh, recording a podcast. But um, it, it could have gotten very, very, very violent yesterday at the Mega Million March, there could have been many progenitors of that negative, inherent feeling that I don't know what's up with these people, why they... Some people are just drawn towards negativity, and some people are just drawn towards evil. Like, I don't know what other word to describe other than, you know... Um, it's, it's that malicious intent or or that mal-aligned spirit um, that is destructive and chaotic. And I addressed the chaotic uh, spirit before in a couple of episodes ago where I was talking about there are those people who literally are drawn to that um, chaos or they believe in chaos and they don't believe that there are any consequences for their actions. And those type of people are kind of scary and I don't fear them. But that is a scary way to live your life, like a life of no consequence, which I mean, some say would some would say that that's the only way to live, <laughs> live with no regret, but no, really, uh, you may not regret where you end up in the end, but the consequences of that will still be paid regardless of what you think. So um, it could have been it could have been much different than what it was Um it definitely was different from what the news was reporting. It was different from what the mainstream media channels were saying at the cable networks. Um, they were definitely painting it to have been a picture of utter chaos. They were painting it to have been a picture of millions of angry Americans storming the Capitol building and breaking in and threatening the lives of legislators who are all treasonous anyways. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll see their day, but um, that's the way the news was painting it out to be. And it's so funny because after I'd gotten back to the hotel, um, I was uh, reviewing some of the news segments. I looked at the, uh, I looked at the, the treason in office, President-elect Joe Biden, talking about, uh, you know, trying to sound commanding and, and trying to sound authoritative and comforting at the same time. He just does a terrible job. But, And I'm watching the news streams that they have playing, you know, adjacent to his screen. And it's just like, it's not what they said it was outright. Um, you know, like you, you have, you have a camera who is filming the exterior of the Capitol building where millions of patriots, yes, had convened on the Capitol grounds, but they're standing there. You know, some of them are skating, you know, on their little willy. Some of them are dancing. Some of them are waving their flags. There's no chaos. There's no anger. There's no agitation. There's no, you know, there's none of that type of stigma that they painted was present. But you have the cameraman shaking his camera and you have him like, you know, moving it up and down to make it look chaotic, like as if though he had to move around or as if though he needed to go ahead and as if though he needed to go move around or if he needed to like kind of paint the point of view that uh, there was chaos on the ground, you know, kind of like if he were running or if he were jumping or if he were being pushed or you know, something like that. It was just, that was totally, either that or he was cold and he was freezing and he couldn't stop his camera from shaking. Something like that was going on with this man, but it definitely was not the kind of chaos 
that they are trying to paint, the picture that they are painting for the American people. And like I said at the start of this, I had several friends that did not even know this was happening on the Capitol grounds. Like that's how um, that's how much of their how much of the truth they've relinquished for themselves. Like they don't they don't seek to know. They don't listen to any other outside sources. They're only concerned with what goes on in their daily life and what is reported to them on their favorite news station. So none of these news stations had told them that there was going to be a march or that there was going to be a rally in Washington, D.C. Now, they might have heard that, you know, President Trump had said he wanted people to come to Washington, D.C. at some point in January, but they, they I mean, nothing connected. No dates were saved in their mind. Nothing, nothing was relevant to them about it. So they're asking me what What's going on? What is this? What's happening in D.C.? So, you know, start of the day, they had no idea what was going on. Well, come 6 p.m., you know, they're messaging me, this is disgusting. That's so distasteful and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, you don't even know what happened. And um, so, I mean, I was there and, like, I was at the front of the Capitol building when all that drama was going on. And I could tell you I was doing some live reporting. I was live streaming and doing live coverage on online um for q and a holes podcast and um they were getting reports you know of all of these x y and z things occurring there and i was able to give them live real-time feedback on what was actually happening so i was actually reporting what i was seeing there was no chaos there was no cars being flipped there was no graffiti there was no fighting yes there was a break into the capitol building um yes someone did get shot uh yes apparently they got into the um you know the chambers and apparently they got into nancy pelosi's office and stuff like that but that that stuff was all staged those were all photo ops um those those things those were agitators those were provocateurs those were hired men the ones that you see in the pictures the ones that you see in the pictures on the news those were hired goons those were people that they hired and brought in to do that because true patriots who respect this country would never have done something like that yes they may have stormed the capital yes they may have tried to have gotten in it would not have escalated to that violence because after all we're a people of law and order and we are in a republic and that's what we respect that's what we want and that's what we would want for others so we wouldn't have done that um but that's just basically kind of a real quick rundown of the events that happened towards the end of it i'm gonna take a real quick break and then i'll be right back and i'll talk a little bit more about my experience at the march Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares.
So as I disclosed um, earlier in this episode, um, I was uh, sent to Washington, D.C. to cover the Million Mega March for the Q&A Holes podcast um, that I co-host on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And um, it was it really was the chance of a lifetime to do something like this. And so and I'd never been to a Trump rally before, um, even though I voted for him twice. And uh, this one is, of course, like the biggest one because, well, this has to do with the whole theft of the election, the fraud and the treason that's being committed against the people, the country, the Constitution and the president himself. So. I wasn't really sure how many people were going to be there when, you know, this whole thing initiated. I remember from the first one or two million MAGA marches, it was probably more of like the hundreds of thousands. Um, I was on the Capitol grounds about 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. You know, I'd gotten uh, into D.C. the day before on Tuesday, um, got to my hotel morning. I got my communist Starbucks coffee. And uh, then, you know, I I went ahead and went on. The weather was probably in the 40s uh, at that point. And the funny thing is, throughout the day, it seemed to get colder. So for Q&A Holes podcast, the battle plan was to live stream the entire event um, on YouTube and on Spreaker. Because we simulcast there. And uh, so we were going to do that. And then we also had a contingency plan or two just in case in the event things were not going to you know, be working. Um, Q&A Holes podcast has a running gag that, uh, you know, we're, we're very technologically advanced and, you know, things always mess up and it wouldn't be Q&A Holes podcast if it didn't. So um, anyways, um, sure enough, sure, true to form, uh, our um, podcasting equipment, our phone, my phone, <laughs> and you know the the platforms that we were using were not working. Things were just not working. They weren't happening for us. Like I would go live for a bit, and then it would just drop, or it wouldn't pick up the signal, or something like that was happening. So we were getting very frustrated. I was on the Capitol grounds. Uh, our other co-host and producer and uh, uh, tech um, tech technician uh, production technician uh, mr w was at home or at his office in atlanta in georgia uh running the tech side of the program and we're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on we're like why is this happening um we didn't know if it was because of the amount of people that were there we didn't know if it was because maybe the proximity to the washington monument because like from where we entered um, the Washington Monument was right there whenever I'd gotten onto the Capitol grounds because they're supposed to be a, um, like all the patriots are supposed to meet at the Washington Monument. And then President Trump was going to give a speech at the Ellipse, which is directly across from that um, in an open area. And that's where the whole thing was going to start. And he was going to give his speech about 11 o'clock in the morning. And so we were thinking maybe it's because of the amount of people that were there that, you know, like, you know, and then the Washington Monument, it was running interference for our cell phones and stuff like that. Um, come to find out later on that there's actually a scrambler technology that 
they can use to scramble Wi-Fi signals and uh, cell, cell phone signals. So this way it'll cause the devices to not work or to shut off and stuff like that. And sure enough, my phone shut off. Like I would be on it and it would just turn off. Like it happened about four times. Never has it happened since I've had this phone. And I've had this phone since, I don't know, maybe July or August Not that long at all. So, um, and you know, I actually managed to take care of this phone. It wasn't until about a month ago that, um, not even my fault, some, some guy that wanted to date me accidentally knocked it out of my hands and crashed. Uh, it cracked on the ground. And I, I decided to read that as a sign. And I was like, you know what? This is probably not going to work. Because <laughs> my phone was still in mint condition, you know, and... My history with phones is the minute I put one of those uh, cases on them, they break. The screen cracks. So when I realized that pattern, I stopped putting phone cases on my phones and they never cracked again, at least not for a, a good while. But anyways, back to uh, the Million Maga March. Um, my phone shut off. Um, the broadcast, simulcast wasn't going through. Uh, it was it was coming out intermittently. Um, and it was, uh, it was like very chopped up and stuff like that. So that was basically that, um, that carried on in that manner for about, I don't know, probably until about 10 or 11. And in between the times that we were not able to simulcast on YouTube and on, um, Spreaker, Oh, I think Spreaker was still going. I take it back. Spreaker was still going. Spreaker's always been great. But YouTube, of course, was just killing out. Um, we used a... Um, we Well, I used a uh, an app on my phone that allows you to uh, live stream directly from that app into whatever platform you want. So um, I, we were able to do that. And so that kind of worked out that way for a while. And then towards the end of the day, um, it was getting worse. So uh, we ended up just doing it to where Mr. W was on the uh, program, actual program. And he, I, I was calling in or he was calling me. So this way I was on the phone. There was no video or visual of, of the Capitol anymore or of myself, um, but rather just me calling in and reporting what I was seeing. But we'll get to that part in, in the end. Um, but that was the, the whole tech aspect of what was going on there. Um, and then so I got to the Capitol grounds about 738, approached the Washington Monument. There's already there's already thousands of people there like this i was like thinking like okay i thought like people were going to be waiting at the ellipse probably early on in the morning or maybe even overnight but man i was not expecting that many people to be there that early in the morning and everyone was in high spirits everyone was happy even though you know we're we were there obviously for a reason and that was to show our support for the president and that was also to show our contempt for the fraud and the treason that is being taken place in this coup that's happening right now. So it's still happening. Like, we'll tell you about the aftermath in a minute. Um, but, uh, 
these people, the patriots, I, I mean, I just refer to them as patriots. We were all patriots there. We are all there for the love of our country and for the love of, of, of law, uh, you know, the rule of law, because that's that we are a republic. And that's one thing that people tend to forget. We are not a democracy. We are a democratic republic, which means our country democratically elects, but it is based on the rule of law. So, um, that's a, that's a very significant difference from a democracy, you know, and a democracy is what they say we fight for. But even a democracy is not perfect. You don't want a democracy, you know, because that means the majority will always win, you know, and that's not fair. You know, like there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of other types of representation that need to be considered. You cannot just have the majority running the show. Can you imagine how easily things would be manipulated if California and New York ran the politics of the United States of America? We would have been sold out to China decades ago if that were the case. And so it's a good thing that we don't have it that way. But anyways, so... Um, I remember walking through the Capitol grounds and it was just getting so thick with people like at some points it was hard to walk around. And of course you had your vendors and then you had also your other side, like not protests, but side like rallies or side uh, stages. Um, the one that impressed me the most was the Chinese against the CCP. Um, that one was very impressive to me because, again, when the legacy media or the major media news outlets put stuff out about our country and who represents it, you never see the Asian or the Chinese American represented, I don't think, well enough. I mean, I think it probably took them long enough to get black Americans and Indian Americans, Indian Americans represented. Um, it was just the land of Caucasians before then, you know, but this is the this is the picture that they're painting. But that was the that was probably the second theme of the day. Aside from stop the steal, um, it was stop the CCP or end the CCP. Like that was the second major theme that I saw there. So of all the signs I saw there of all of the, um, of all of the, uh, pamphlets that were being handed out of all of the secondary stages of all of the, um, petitions that were being signed. If it wasn't in regards to Trump and stop the steal, it was all about ending the CCP. I was very impressed. And also, um, like at the Chinese uh, against the CCP, Chinese Americans against the CCP stage, you know, they had all the Chinese Americans and there were, there were a whole lot of them coming up and talking and speaking their, their truth to power in regard to what the CCP, the Commun Chinese Communist Party has done in their country. And then I also loved it too, that they had them uh, representing from California. So that was like maybe the third, <laughs> the third theme was like um, that California was there strong to support Trump. Because what people don't realize is that California turned red in this election. Like, Almost every state in the nation turned red, except maybe New York and, I don't know, Delaware or something. But every other state in the nation pretty much turned red. This was a true red wave. So you had that going on. Of course, the religious right was there. Um, those are the main, the main concepts that I remember seeing as I was there. Um, 
I wasn't paying attention to like uh, they didn't have anything about like false flags or anything like that. They like the relig- the religious right. I think would also incorporate like abortions and stuff like that. Oh, the other thing was the child trafficking, and the sex trafficking and Epstein. That was another theme that was presented in that whole process because that is another linchpin of fact that is being pulled away from the American people by the legacy media, and that needs to stay in place so this way they can see how. How it constructs the destructive nature and the uh, obscene and evil nature of these people who are running our country. These are Satanists, you know. They 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 patron human traffickers. You know, they fund them. Um, drugs as well, not even just humans, but I mean, the market for humans. It's like a it's like a billion dollar industry per year. So you make more money doing that than you do pushing drugs. And especially with the work that Trump has done to take uh, opium out of Afghanistan take the troops away from guarding it to put a, a border wall on the south um, the south of, uh, of America so this way drugs and humans can't be trafficked in like they are losing more money from the human trafficking than anything else so anyways after that uh, Trump gave his speech um, probably about noon he was supposed to go on about 11 and then the electoral vote count was supposed to happen at noon and then go on until five o'clock well um trump gave his speech about noon and so it was over a little after one at that point i kind of broke away from the crowd because i was going to try and go back to my hotel so i could recoup real quick before i went to the capital capital building because i was like my i was getting pain in my pelvis that i've never felt before and I was like, oh, I think it was because my joints were like shaking and vibrating so much from the cold because I was, I was, I mean, it wasn't freezing, but when you're out there for like eight hours, six hours, like your body just, it starts to like really feel it. So I think it was just all the, the hypertension shaking in my legs that were happening from being cold and shivering that was causing my pelvis uh, joints to hurt that way or whatever the medical term is for it but um uh, so i broke away from the crowd because i remember at the end of the speech like this huge flag like started to form across the people in the the crowd in front of the stage like it was the the united states flag obviously and it was huge like they and they just like moved it forward and it covered like a, a big block so if you saw the um if you saw the uh footage from the the sea of the Capitol building um, on the news. If you saw that huge flag that was hanging on the side of the building, that was a flag. And that flag went and it crossed all the people. And then the people marched underneath the flag from uh, the Ellipse and the Washington Monument all the way down um, the National Mall and straight to the Capitol building. Well, I didn't participate in that part because I was going to the hotel and I didn't get there because I got lost. <laughs> because the streets in dc are fucking crazy but um i eventually turned back around i found a coffee stand got another to to warm myself up basically and uh keep myself moving and then um i uh I, I joined the crowd, so I started going forward into the crowd, and as I got closer and closer, it got, the, the crowd just got thicker and thicker, and then I realized, because, like, from afar, it didn't look like there were that many people there, but once I got close, like, almost to, like, uh, where the reflecting pool is, like, just a, a little bit north of that, or whatever direction that might happen to be, um, 
masses, a body of people. I was like, oh my goodness, like they're they're all the way up the building already. Like they're already like occupying. And I was just thinking, I didn't know really what was going to happen. I don't think anyone there really knew what was going to happen either. I think maybe they thought that they were, I thought we were just going to stand outside the building and like yell or like chant or like, you know, you know, like, like say something like, like, I don't know, you serve us or stop the steal, which I don't like that phrase, stop the steal. I'd say end the coup or this is a coup. I don't know something like that i thought that's what we would have done but so what ends up happening instead and i was there on the ground at this point i was rec- reporting with um q a holes podcast via phone since all the tech stuff was going down and mr w was running production uh basically um he was running production uh, uh like analog style like he was doing himself um and, like, I remember being out there and we're on the phone. He's like, well, uh, you know, Joe, one of two, who's one of our news correspondents, he's like one of our – our he's like our uh, – he's like the head of the news desk for Q&A Host Podcast was like, well, he's reporting that, like, you know, um, like uh, pipe bombs went off or something like that and the RNC. And I was like, no, like – or then uh, they're reporting that there is a fire that broke out or they're reporting that there's uh, looting and vandalism happening and the statues are being graffitied. And I was like, no. So while I was there, um, they were feeding me what the mainstream news, the legacy media, the, the major news corporations, they were feeding me what they were reporting to the American people, to the audience. And I was debunking it live on air as – we went on because obviously none of that was happening. Um, whenever they said that someone had gotten shot, I was like, no one's gotten shot out here. Cause then they were saying that they were deploying the national guard. They were deploying like, you know, like the, uh, the, the, the heavier, like, um, army type trucks and stuff like that. Um, the SWAT and stuff. And, uh, and they're like, do you see it? And I was like, no, like, there's nothing like that going on here. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, that is not happening here. And then the news is reporting that the cl- crowd was chaotic and the crowd was violent and like everyone was up in arms. And I was like, no, they're not. Like, literally, every people are singing songs. People are singing religious, like, uh, like hymns. People are singing like patriotic songs. None of that is happening here. Like, I don't get it. Like, there there were a bunch of people that seemed to be agitators. Like I remember at one point when I was getting closer to the Capitol building, there was a guy that was like, come on, let's go. We need to go to the Capitol. Get over there right now. You need to go over there right now. And he seemed like he was forcefully directing people. It wasn't like he was saying, follow me and lead the charge. And we're going to the Capitol. He was telling people to go to the Capitol building. He was directing them. And so I think he might've been one of the provocateurs or working with that group because there were provocateurs like it was confirmed that a bus of antifa at least one bus full was uh, brought into dc that had you know the antifa members on board and they were undercover in you know maga gear and um you know united states of america gear so that this way people wouldn't recognize them um so i thought that was i mean and i remember joe one of two had given me that report um i think the day before yeah, I think it was the day before or maybe the, the previous show prior to that um, and had said that they would be in MAGA hats that were backwards. So this way they could identify each other and like some type of America or camouflage clothing. And sure enough, I'll never forget when I was leaving from Trump's speech um, at the Ellipse, I saw two of them. 
It was a Caucasian male with a beard, and it was um, a black American lady with uh, dreaded hair, um, and they both had shifty eyes. Like, they both looked like they weren't happy. (laughs) And they both had their MAGA hats on backwards, and they both had camouflage pants on and backpacks. Um, And I followed them as far as I could until they got lost in the crowd, and I I couldn't find them anymore. And I was like, damn it, I wanted to follow them and see what they did. But or if they did anything or if if they tipped off who they really were. Um, but anyways, uh, so. At this point, we're at the Capitol building and it's it's basically like thousands of patriots are inhabiting the Capitol lawn. They're up the Capitol building in the front. They're in the rafters that they're preparing for the inauguration in a couple of weeks. They're. Uh, along the side of the walls at the top of the building um, with the uh, like you know, that line of the Capitol building like they're everywhere um, and uh, you know they're chanting and stuff like that and then you have all these reports coming in well in that crowd at the front of the crowd is where Antifa staged themselves these people who are supposedly MAGA supporters that broke into the Capitol building now I could I could understand the idea of breaking into the Capitol building Um, during an end the Fed rally, we didn't break into the Austin state, uh, the Texas state Capitol building in Austin, Texas. We, but we did enter that building and we did go into the legislators offices. So I would think maybe that was the same kind of idea that led the Patriots to believe that it was okay that this was happening. But instead you had these provocateurs, these agitators, Um, posing as patriots, posing as Trump supporters, breaking down windows, uh, just basically running amok at the front of everything. And the funny thing about it is that somehow they were able to get all of these like telling and clear photos of what was going on inside the Capitol of the lady who got shot of the, the gentleman sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk of the, of the, the bison hat wearing painted figure that was sitting in the chamber at the head of the, and it was maybe Pence's, I don't know, whoever's that is, whoever's seat that is, he was sitting at the, the head of it. Like they had all of these perfect photo ops. Um, but they did tell us, in some Patriot programs like X-22 and stuff, have your cameras out, have it rolling and taking pictures of everything at every moment whenever something goes down so this way we can get every angle. And sure enough, what do we see? We see a cameraman uh, posed directly above um, the bison-wearing Patriot, supposedly, that's uh, sitting at the Senate seat at the head of the the room. We have have footage of... (sighs) One of the security guards supposedly fighting with uh, one of the Patriots who is Antifa. And I swear, it's like, it's so staged and the acting is so bad that they don't look like they even believe what they're doing themselves. Like, it's so like, it's, it's so faux. It's so, it's like, he's like, stay back. 
And then he, like, slaps his hand. Like, what the hell? And the guy's, like, kind of like, eh. And then he, like, kind of, like, moves forward. And then and then the police officer runs. The guy's not even doing anything. Like, he's standing there. And when the police officer runs, or the security guard runs, then the Patriot follows and starts chasing him. And then they start screaming at each other. And it sounds all dramatic. But, like, that was all just for the five-second footage that they're going to show to the people at 6 p.m. Now... Nobody knew about this MAGA million, million MAGA march. At least none of my friends knew. No one knew because the legacy media wasn't reporting it. But at 6 p.m., everyone knew that Washington, D.C. was under siege by crazy Trump supporters. Everyone knew that Washington, D.C. was being attacked by those crazy, crazy, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, racist did i say that already trump supporters so so stupid um i think siege would be a good word because as we were approaching five o'clock word goes out that uh dc is now under curfew at 6 p.m so everyone and everything has to go home except for non-essential except for essential workers which in this case would have been medical and media and police um but everyone else had to leave, and uh, but they weren't leaving. And I was reporting on the ground there until about, I think I officially start walking off the Capitol grounds about 5.30. And they were still not leaving. And so at that point, uh, the National Guard and the security or whatever, they, I, I mean, I didn't see it happen, but I'm assuming they cleared the, the area. Uh, there were smoke bombs going off. Um, the reports of the woman being shot, that was true. Um the report oh i was because i was actually able to speak to some people because whenever they broke into the capitol building like you know on q a whole side for the podcast they're like we have reports that patriots are storming the capitol we have reports that x y and z is happening and i was like i didn't see that if it is it's happening inside the capitol i was like but there's no chaos happening outside the capitol um, and then they're saying like the police officers uh, or the the National Guard was lining up in the building. And I was like, if that's happening, it's happening on the back side of the building because that is not happening on the front side of the building, whatever they're reporting on the news. And then I would run into people who corroborate it. Um, I talked to a guy whose eyes were like red and bloodshot because he got maced when he was inside the Capitol building because the Patriots stormed the Capitol building. And uh, the, but at the head of that were the Antifa agitators. Um, and then, uh, I talked to some, uh, I talked to these three young dudes who had been at the back of the Capitol and I was like, so things, things are going on at the back of the Capitol. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Like there's a bunch of people. And he said the, 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 the SWAT and the national guard, they formed a police line just like they do during riots. And he said it was crazy because they like, it was like they were just there and all of a sudden all of them took a step as a body boom. And like, it just, it was like, you know, the corralling methods that they use. So that was interesting to note. So we were able to corroborate that and the gas and the gas bombs. And then I saw some of those at the front of the building towards, you know, five, five thirty. And then uh, what was the, the last thing that they had corroborated? Uh, the, the gunshot. Um, the one, oh, actually, yes. One of the guys who had been inside. Oh, damn it. I need to get a hold of one of them. Um, he had shown me he had shown me um, a, a photo that he had of the woman who had been shot. It was blurry. It was an action photo. But like it was there and i was like wow that's crazy so um i was able to corroborate what was actually happening inside the capitol on the grounds with people who were there and then of course 
break or debunk the storyline that they were trying to tell of the chaos happening. And so that's why I say like, you know, when I got back to my room at the end of it, I was looking at some of the footage. I was looking at like the Joe Biden announcement that he made where he was demanding Trump to call off his people. And um, the footage that they were showing was ridiculous. It was I saw I was there like the footage they showed I saw with my own eyes and it was not shaky chaos earthquake, you know, like this guy was like shaking his camera to make it look like, you know, chaos. And I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, that is not what was going on that day, Um, at least not until the end of it. Did anything like that remotely happen? No statues were graffitied or vandalized. Nothing was knocked down. The parks, I couldn't even find a cigarette butt on the ground. I'm a smoker for crying out loud. And there are dozens of people smoking out there. And every time I had a cigarette and I was approaching my butt, I was like, there are no cigarettes on the ground. And naturally, I've already trained myself to, I, I, I drop out the chair. I pinch the cherry out of my cigarette when it's towards the filter and I hold onto that fucking butt, the filter, until I find a trash can. My poor car had butts all over it because instead of throwing my fucking butt out the window, I would pinch the cherry out the window and I would keep the butt inside the car. And that's just the way I did it. I mean, because I just, you know, why, why, um, why add to a growing problem of pollution, right? Because then they're going to start taking plastic bags away like they did in Texas. Ha. But anyways, it was only a, a couple of cities. But yeah, so um, that was what was going on there. Um, It's just, you know, Trump didn't even go tell us to go attack Capitol and to fight for it. He said, I know you're going to go and peacefully march to um, the Capitol building and, and let them know how you feel. I mean, he didn't incite violence. He didn't say, go to the Capitol building now and lay siege to it and, and, you know, stuff like that. Like, he didn't do any of that. Like, he didn't say any of that. He, I mean, it was all optics. And when I saw some of the aerial shots of the event, I was blown away at how many people were actually there. And I would say there was easily north of 2 million people there. Like, it was... I mean, because I remember being on the grounds and seeing all of these people, but, you know, it's only line of sight. So you don't get the full picture. And man, it was like from the Washington Monument to the Ellipse to everything. It was all people, like all people. There was not a piece of ground to be seen. And that was just there. Then there was also the Capitol building. So it was it was a massive event and i think considering the size of event the event that it it actually went off better than it could have been expected i mean there could have been numerous amounts of violence and uh, could have uh, happened there could have been attacks there could have been false flags but it was peaceful it was very very peaceful until i mean they had to get off what they needed to get off at the end anyways like they needed they needed to to spin this narrative that trump is uh driving people towards hatred so they can use the 25th amendment on him and we know that and you know this whole thing has been a process of elimination for like who is really a black hat or who is a swamp creature in the government and it it might be government agency it might be uh you know it might be a, a vote counter it might be it might be mike pence you know who doesn't want to follow the constitution um they will show their true colors so at the end of the day i was very tired 
But it wasn't until the evening where I really started to feel, I actually started to feel a little depressed because I was, I mean, I told everyone Mike Pence is not going to do it. He's not going to go for it. Pence is a kitty diddler. You know, he ran child sex trafficking rings out of Indiana into Florida, you know, and like, there's no way he's going to do it. Mike Pence has always been the LBJ of this administration. He was meant to take Trump's place and bring us to the end if they had managed to assassinate Trump. And what most of the listeners don't know is that there were about a dozen plus assassination attempts on Trump in the time of his first term. Over a dozen attempts to assassinate him that were thwarted and that you would never know about because they don't report it. Uh, by they, I mean the, the actual administration does not allow the news people to report these attempted assassinations. Um, I guess it's an optics thing, you know, but more than a dozen times they attempted to take his life. And Pence would have been there to be the LBJ. You know, he would have been... God, we would have had... We would have had those walls holding us in, not keeping them out if Pence had been uh, moved up into the presidency. So thank God for that. And this whole presidency with Donald Trump has been one blessing after the other, after the other, after the other. Like, it's just... He is a blessed man, and that's why he is, uh, he was chosen to be the voice of the American people because of his integrity and his pure heart, you know, and his bravery. Like, there's, there is, there was no one else that could do, and we never would have known because the man was a master of disguise. Like, he was a Democrat and a television pop star and all the above, you know? But, um, So where does that leave us now? Because like I said, I was by the end, I was feeling depressed. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, it might have just been the energy being sucked out of me by DC sent DC proper, you know, like being in and being in the pit of, uh, you know, Mordor or whatever. Like, that's what it was doing to me. It was just draining me, you know, but things have to be the way they are for a certain reason. Like he needs them to certify the fraudulent votes. So this way they sign their death warrants. Like we say, you cannot apprehend a shoplifter until they have carried the merchandise past the point of sale and they have actually committed the crime. You can't, you can't hold them accountable if you stuff them in the merchandises in their hands in the store, can you? No. They have to actually make it outside that store and actually have committed the crime so that you can hold them accountable. And that's where I think we're going with this. That's where I believe this is going to happen. I still have faith that things will pan out before January 20th the way that they need to happen. But this whole, also this whole demonstration that Trump had, Trump called us out there. That's why we were there. You know, that's why 2 million plus people showed up because he called us there to do that. And the other idea I had was the optics, because if you think about the optics of that massive amount of people and even any Trump rally, but with that many people there, you cannot ignore it, that the Trump rallies are a thousand times more peaceful, even with what happened on, you know, Wednesday, January the 6th, even with what happened then, the rallies are more peaceful than the past seven months with the Black Lives Matters and the Antifa rallies. Those, I mean, if you look at the photos um, of, of Washington, D.C., and it was in June or July where they had the Black Lives Matters rallies, the whole mother was lit on fire, smoke, blazing, burning, graffiti, trash everywhere during the Black Lives Matters. But during the Trump 
rally here on January. You had none of that. So I thought that was also another good uh, angle that this was serving the optics of how peaceful and regulated, not even regulated, but how peaceful and, you know, um, easy these Trump rallies are and they're non-destructive, whereas the BLMs all across America, not even in, in Washington, D.C., in Portland, in, in Wisconsin, in Washington State, you know, in, in, in California, it just becomes trash and it becomes violent and people burn and there's looting and there's rioting and that's Black Lives Matters for you. But we're not blaming the black Americans for that, okay? We're blaming the communist left groups who organize and fund those and lead those groups. And then, you know, they just they just militarize and they rile up the rest of the people to follow and do what they're doing. Um, and they use them as useless idiots. And that's exactly what's happening there. So another good optic was that. And um, the other thing, is, of course, is, is, is for the rule of law to work, a law must be broken <laughs> So um, this whole fraudulent thing, they signed their death warrants with it. Um, I mean, the hubris that these people have to keep moving forward with their plan in spite of the fact that 80 million people know that it's fraudulent. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous hubris. And it's going to cut them at it's going to cut them at the Achilles heel is what it's going to do. And that is not going to be something that they're going to recover from. They are going to fall on their face. They're going to bust their teeth. And if they don't crack their heads, well, it'll be the counterweight on the noose they're hanging from. So I'm not calling for violence against these people, but justice will be served. And we all know what the penalty for treason is. That's right, folks. That's why they brought back the death penalty under Trump because under the last administration or two, they'd taken it away because they did not want that to be an outcome that they would have to face if things turned against them, but it's back. So anyway, that was my experience at the mega million mega March. I'm sure there's things that I, I forgot to mention or that I, I just spaced out on, but, um, it was, it was a very powerfully uplifting experience. It affected me in ways that I wasn't expecting it to. Um, but I was very grateful to be there. Very thankful to the listeners and the supporters, um, of Q and a Q&A holes podcast for sending me there. Very thankful that, you know, um, the producers, uh, allowed me to be the one to go. Um, <laughs> of course no one else had time. So, you know, like they, everyone had work. Like I was, I was free that day. So those three days. So anyways, um, uh, but it was, it was a great experience and I'm glad I got to go. It was a historical event. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it served its purpose for what it needed to do. And I think it went off basically without a hitch. Um, it was just the prepared, part that the deep state the black hats you know um whatever whatever staged part they had prepared that still had to go off and that i mean they planned it so like they had to do it you know they were going to do it anyways uh i think it just wasn't as severe as they were hoping it would have been i think they were hoping that everyone would have stormed the capitol and gone in there and everyone would have started picking the bones of the legislators who were um uh, illegally uh accepting the fraudulent votes for the electoral uh, map but that's that is what it is 
anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have more episodes coming out of the experience with Michael Aaron Cossidis. That was just my experience in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. There are dozens of others, but it was a great time. And um, it was it was a very interesting time. And um, we'll see what happens because the news is reporting that Trump conceded the election. But if you read what he wrote, again, if you read the transcripts, you see that he did not concede. Um, he is he is just basically um, he's basically uh, clarifying what the next steps will be and watching them, you know, commit these crimes and commit treason. So, all right, y'all, we'll see y'all on the flip side. Don't forget. I love you. Y'all have a great night. This is Michael Aaron Gossett for the Experience Podcast.